What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and today I have EMS, the vocalist of Erie's Human Animal. And he was also in Brothers Keeper and some other bands, and we talk about that in the episode. It's a really good episode. I want you to stick around and check it out. This is true DIY hardcore human animal and Brothers Keeper and, uh, well, Surprise Attack Records, which he ran. Um, You know, these guys have been doing it for a long time. He's a wealth of knowledge. He is truly a passionate person. He loves hardcore. And that's what this show is all about. I'm super grateful to have him on. It's a fantastic episode. The album uh, that we kind of wanted to promote a little bit here was False Realities. This came out at the beginning of 2020. And they kind of got dicked because, you know, everything shut down. So it was really hard for them to promote it and whatever. Um, But now, you know, is the perfect time to talk about it. Um, There's a lot of great songs on this album and it is top shelf quality hardcore um, made by guys who have fantastic chemistry together. They put on a great live show. I was particularly impacted um, when I've, I've seen Human Animal Live and they're just a great band to watch. Um, you, you really feel the vibe of, of what they're trying to put out there. So I don't have enough good things to say as usual, but you know, I don't get people on this show that I don't like. I, I put on bands that I'm into and human animal is one of those bands. I really think you should check them out. Uh, the album false realities, you could go through human animal to get a copy of that. I know that they're repressing vinyl. I don't know if it's actually out yet or not. Um, that would be a question for them, but you can find them on at human animal eight one four on Instagram. And before we get into the actual show, I'm going to play a song from that album. The song is called the pact. Uh, it's just a, a quick little banger. Um, just full of, like I said, the passion and energy that this band brings. Give you a little taste, and then we'll jump into the episode. So uh, without further ado, my interview with EMS from Human Animal, and here is Human Animal with The Pact. You know I've spent too many times Wasted Radio here with Matt, and I'm with EMS from Human Animal and Brothers Keeper. What's going on, man? What's up, dude? Pleasure to be here. It's so good to have you on, and uh, so good to see you, but you don't have long hair. No, no. I cut it off. 
by about a year and a half ago. And my wife was very happy about that. So. <laughs> All right. So the, the long hair is not coming back. No, no. And I, I think, I don't know. I think genetics are getting the better of me at this yeah. point. Too. <laughs> well, um, when I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when I, I've only met you once. Okay. And I met you in the basement of the old preserving hardcore uh, when you guys played there in the hallway yes. and you and I bullshitted for a couple minutes. I bought some merch off of you, but um, I got that the first four winners CD, mm-hmm. which was a, uh, I have a CD player in my house that it was a permanent fixture in for a while. Actually, no, the uh, that that's a lie. It got stuck in my car CD player. <laughs> right on. <laughs> like it wouldn't come out. I could, that was the only thing I could listen to. I wish um, we could design them to do that to people. Yeah, know? man. Like- <laughs> oh, yeah. It's torture. Um, it was cool. The thing is, um, that CD, unfortunately, went with the car. So I had to, I had oh, to get no. rid of the car. Yeah. You know, I'll mail you another CD. one, man. You <laughs> that's, that was the, uh, that was the Panda Claw one wasn't it was yeah it? correct okay yeah and it came out on a cassette in uh germany on bound by modern age records oh, okay cool shout out uh ryan pendaclaw yeah um and uh so anyway that was the first time i saw you and i like i knew he who human animal was i had checked you guys out before but i always think that there's a different impression that bands have on you once you see them you know who they are and you're down with it and it's yeah like they're you know pa hardcore band i'm always down with that but then you see them and it's like okay like it, it becomes real um <laughs> and uh really what i what i kind of want to wanted to talk to you about with regard to like what i just said was um you know you're somebody who has been in hardcore for a very long time mm-hmm. um i'm stuck you're I'm stuck, stuck. <laughs> yeah um, and I kind of just, uh, you know, wanted to start off with the old days with you and, and exactly kind of what I was articulating there, which is that, that feeling that hardcore gives, uh, you know, somebody like you to keep you in for, you know, as long as you are, I think that's really interesting, um, that a music and a scene can kind of have that physical and emotional impact on you. Um, right. Yeah. So really since you're a lifer um when did that when did that feeling begin for you what was what was the start of you know your journey in hardcore uh probably like a lot of your guests i was a little skate rat uh uh and i grew up in a neighborhood kind of a bunch of row homes uh single parent neighborhood kind of style and there were some older punks in the neighborhood and my, i have an older sister she's about a year and a half older than me so she's two grades up so there's just kind of like a lot of misfits in the neighborhood and they turned me on to skateboarding and thrasher magazine. And I just, it just evolved from there. I, they, somebody played me the dead milkman and it was uh bitch and Camaro. And I was like, this is awesome. This is yeah. great. So I was That's pretty a cool. Hooked. First find. Yeah. I still have a, a strong love for dead milkman just because of that, you know, cause I was really? just like, Whoa, this is wild. This is so weird. And then I got like mixtapes from neighborhood kids and stuff like that. I was probably only in like fourth grade at that time. I think that's like maybe 88, 89 or something, 45 now. Um, But yeah, so it just like, and I got real into skateboarding and just running the neighborhood, stuff like that. Um, And then that was in Carlisle, PA. And then we moved to Harrisburg. And then I got old enough. That was probably like high school age. And then some friends started hearing about shows that could drive. So then we started going out of town. We went to, Reading PA to like the Unisound and we saw like Shelter 
sick of it all 108 stuff like wow. that and uh that was like once i got to shows i was like wow this is amazing as long mm -hmm. as we didn't get smashed by skinheads it was like an awesome night you know yeah <laughs> so, uh what was what was your uh what was your first hardcore show first yeah so my very first hardcore show i saw this band called high back chairs okay and that's actually that was in harrisburg at this club called the vault that was um more of like a dance techno kind of place and we used to go there for the dance nights too just it was like oh there's girls stuff like that you know sure. so yeah um but high back chairs played there and that was jeff nelson who was in minor threat okay um that was his band i don't even remember what they sounded like though but sure. i just knew it was x minor threat and i was like oh we gotta go check this out but then the most memorable show for me was seeing bad religion and all at the 930 club in dc uh, we drove down there and that was like the first time I had seen like a real band, you know, okay. like a huge punk band. And it just, it was amazing. It was just yeah. a great night, you know? So, um, real quick off of what you said with, um, the guy that was in minor threat. Mm -hmm. Um, so back then, like you're a young skateboarder in high school and you read in thrasher magazine shit. How do you find out about minor threat? Like back in those days? Because nowadays a band drops a demo yeah. and you just get on Instagram and you're like, oh, they're right. They're yeah, I I just think I had older friends through skateboarding and I think someone just mentioned it, you know, be like, oh, it's a dude from Minor Threat, you know, we should just go. Or Thrasher used to mail out free tapes if you subscribed, they would mail you. I think Youth of Today did a run, like Sam Hain, uh, different punk bands would just send a free tape if you subscribed, you know. Dude, I bet so, those tapes are invaluable today. Yeah. And uh, Pusshead had a column, uh, that artist Pusshead had a column called The Puss Zone, and he okay. would cover a lot of New York hardcore stuff in it. And I actually still have a ton of clippings from those magazines. Like, I still have them because I hung them on my wall. Yeah, and I saved I would love them. to see pictures of them. If oh, yeah. That's not saved, too much trouble. Yeah, I um, saved a ton of stuff like that, like, like Killing Time, Yeah, uh, Bold, Into Another, like a lot of Rev bands, Revelation stuff. So I just kind of like paid a lot of attention and um, I would just read about that stuff in those magazines. It moved at a lot slower pace back then, you know, sure. once you would hear about something. And I had a, one of my buddies, uh, a dude named Frank. He was from D.C. and moved to Carlisle. So Carlisle had a war college. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's just like a army training facility. So there's a lot of. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know there was one in Carlisle, but I, I do know of. So there's a lot of people like transient people that come into town for like two to four years. And okay. we used to skateboard on the war, on the war college until the, the military police would chase us off. But, um, and this is all pre nine 11. I'm sure you can't even get yeah. on there now. Um, can't come but, within five miles of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Frank had, Frank was kind of like a skinhead and he had, um, an older sister, you know, so it was, so we were probably like middle school and they were high school and he turned me on to like burn, and a bunch of other bands that had come through DC back in the, like early nineties, early or late eighties, early nineties. So just like word of mouth, just, you know, like stuff was so hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Somebody would just play you a record and you're like, I'm going to find this, you know, like, that's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. So like, if you ever, you know, uh, made a trip into the city or whatever, I'm sure at that time it was like, you had to hit a, hit a specific record store or yeah. you know, if you wanted to get what you're looking for. Yeah, we would get my my one buddy Pat. We would get his old brother um, just to drive us to Philly to go record shopping. You know, like yeah. we were still not even sixteen, and we would just drive down there for the day and and hit South Street and go to a bunch of stores and spend a hundred bucks on records. You know, That's I still dope. have all that stuff. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, I made sure to hold on to my records. I sold off a lot of stuff in life, like shirts, fanzines, but records I held on to. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how many yeah. records do you have? Oh man, they're all behind me. I don't know. According to Discogs, it, it, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if my wife knew, she would be like, ah, oh, we're selling that shit. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah you should get it appraised. Right. Yeah. What well, they kind of do, you put in your collection and they, they average it off of what stuff is sold. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, it's a decent year's salary. That's dope. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and sure that shit right um, yeah. do you have a do you have a copy of everything uh that you did with surprise attack i do i did i made sure to keep one of every variant pretty much like that's cool but, but i sold off pretty much everything else like i didn't really hoard test mm -hmm. presses or anything like that i i would sell i would give enough to the bands and then i just made sure i kept one of everything a couple times i've had to go back and rebuy my own releases or yeah. stuff <laughs> or i've even bought brother's keeper stuff off of ebay or whatever you know like if i didn't have a color or whatnot i would i would go back and buy <laughs> that's okay yeah that's yeah. that's really cool because i mean and you know what you're looking for too yeah yeah we have discogs now too that has like a log of everything but which is extremely helpful i don't know who yeah. created that site but holy hell oh yeah site rules. yeah they get a lot um, of my money so <laughs> yeah yeah enough of it huh yeah um okay so when at what point I'm I'm curious to know, uh, how did you end up in Northwest PA? Right on, yeah. So I graduated in '95. Um, in like '94, '93, '94, I become pen pals. Like we used to write letters all the time. Um, so only the strong comp came out on Victory Records, and that had something to prove on it, which was Mike and Roger from Brothers Keepers band before. Okay. And I was, and it was kind of hip hop influenced. I don't know if you've heard any of it at all, but I loved it. It was like, wow. it was pretty street, pretty yeah, ridiculous. Really cool. Yeah. Like, and, and they had a photo in that comp where the drummer J-Ho had a gun in his pants. So people were like, oh my God, this tough guy stuff is horrible. And I'm like, I love this, you know, like, this is yeah. amazing. Like, <laughs> this is right up my alley. So, so we would just write letters to the mail and Harrisburg was about five hours away. And, and Mike and stuff was like, oh, just come up and hang out or like roadie on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So I, I would just come up like throughout my senior year and stuff, uh, came up to some shows up here and it was just a good time. And stuff at home was kind of a mess, like, mm -hmm. you know, just family stuff, whatnot. So as soon as I graduated, Mike was like, hey, we're going on tour. Why don't you come roadie for us on tour? And they had a fill-in basis at the time, uh, the student Nate. And I went on the tour. And then after the tour, um, Nate was in another band. That was kind of his priority. Um, he was in abnegation. And yeah. um, so he was just kind of doing double duty. And and at one point, they were like, you should come. I played bass. I had played bass in some Harrisburg bands. Nobody, we never recorded, it, you know, it's high school stuff. Yeah. Uh, we played like our gym, you know, like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which I have a videotape of. It's pretty funny. But uh, so he was like, ah, come on up you know, you should try out on bass. So I, I came up and tried out and they were like, Hey, you're in. I drove home and I filled up my 82 Dotson and, uh, with my records and my record player. And I moved up here, you know, like awesome. a week later, I just want to get out of Harrisburg, like Harrisburg. I had some really good friends. Um, I had fun. We traveled a lot. We used to go to like Philly, Jersey, Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Like we used to, you know, I just used to, on the weekends. I would just leave and not come. Yeah, home, you're pretty you close know? to a few cool areas. Yeah, for sure. for sure. Definitely. 
And apparently a lot of bands played Harrisburg before I got into stuff. Like I missed okay. some really good stuff. Cause I see old flyers and I'm like, Oh my God. But I just like word of mouth, I guess. Yeah, you would have known. Get, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, wouldn't have been able to drive, you know, I wasn't old enough to drive yet and stuff. Sure. So you see stuff like that and you're like, damn it. I wish I was like three years older, you know, like, yeah, yeah I'm sure. So, I'm sure. I feel that way. I mean, yeah. I'm 31, and I, if I was three years older, I probably could have gone to some shows at CC's. I probably could have seen some other yeah. bands that I otherwise wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah, I used to go to like Jim what it is. Thorpe. I used to go to Jim Thorpe for shows, uh, Wilkes Bar, Scranton yep. area, Williamsport. You know, all that stuff. There was, but I guess every generation probably says that like they missed a couple bands. You know, for like, sure. Like, but yeah. it's it's just it's so fascinating to hear about like how popping the scene was right you know um and just like the names that come out i mean it, it's yeah. you know when you so so let's uh let's fast forward to uh brothers keeper yeah which uh i mean you guys did a lot you had a great career yeah um, we had a good run it was fun yeah, yeah. and uh what well I don't know where to start because I want to hop right into the middle of Brothers Keeper, but I also yeah. want to kind of talk yeah. about, you know, how did, how did that band get formed? Let's start there. Uh, well, like I mentioned, there's something to prove kind of morphed into Brothers Keeper because um, they were getting a lot of shit about sure. the tough guy image. Mm -hmm. And Mike kind of had like a rap staccato to his voice. And the lyrics were kind of like, take your whack, new jack ass back to school, motherfucker. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. they were like really hip hop. So they kind of wanted to like get away from that for a little bit. So they kind of morphed into brothers keeper and got a bunch of new members and then they got me on um i came on like within the first year and i think i was a good asset for the band and like we were we were a tight group actually the drummer human animal was the drummer of brothers keeper then too okay um so you know i've known bobby since 94 you know yeah. so um so i just think it just morphed into bk just to try to like give us more serious stab at it you know so yeah all right. And uh, so, you know, what kind of bands were you guys playing with once you really got the wheels turning? Like, because you guys really had from whatever all accounts, you know, had a huge scene in Erie for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. We really I attribute that a lot of that to Mike. Um, we would just go pound the pavement. We would go to the mall. We would get flyers in the high schools and stuff like that. And the kids were just looking for something at the time. And, um, and then also, and there was a big scene even before I lived up here, like, like there's a club called the continental ballroom. So from like 88 to 94, there were still plenty of awesome shows, you know, it's not yeah. like, you know, I kind of missed a lot of that, like not living here at the time, but there's some great stuff that came through, but I would say like 95 to 2000 where the shows were huge and, um, the brothers keeper shows were really big. Like we would draw like five to 700 kids. And then Disciple shows started getting massive too. Like they were kind of the the second really big eerie band, I would say. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just think there was just kind of like a a void, you know, like just something for kids to check out. Mm -hmm. So did you uh, play with Disciple at all? No, I put out uh, their first did, seven. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I repressed their first EP. Okay. And uh, so I was just kind of like alongside those guys a lot of the way, you know, yeah. like yeah. them and Shockley. And Digression was really big. Um, yeah. Digression was a big eerie band at the time in the late 90s and Neverfall. Um, yes. Yeah. So they all had like releases on different labels and stuff and were making good waves. I think 
member changes killed a lot of some of those bands, you know, like they could have done more, I think, but they couldn't hold it together. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, another, uh, another band too, that you mentioned earlier that I'm happy to see is back around abnegation. Oh yeah. Um, I don't Weird. know. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that just a reunion thing or do you, do you know if there's any future? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you the person to say? They're pretty, yeah. I mean, I'm really sure they're pretty spread out though. Um, mm-hmm. Couple of the guys are on the West Coast. Uh, I just heard the one guitarist Paul's in Jersey. Yeah. Um, the, the drummer and the one guitarist they're playing are in Erie. So I think they all kind of want to do it, but I don't really know. Logistics might work against them a sure. little bit. But I think you know they kind of never did as much as they could have. They were very dysfunctional back then, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they kind of had that folklore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of have that that vegan straight edge folklore, even though it's not really a part of the band anymore, but um, they seem like they're excited, you know, they're having yeah. fun with it. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out to that show, but I think it's May 26th um, preserving underground. Some 26 or 28th, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In and around that area. But anyway, it's sincerity fest. Um, yeah. I think Zayo is on the bill and mm-hmm. I know you guys are on the bill. Yeah. We're going to open it up. So, okay. And, and who um, else? Who, Cypher. Who else is- cypher yes yeah uh sect which is like earth crisis um cursed guys mm-hmm. uh, advent which is awesome yeah yeah advent uh, cool. architect uh and oh and aj's band's playing path to misery oh, i forgot path first to misery. Forever, yeah. i think so that's cool okay yeah um yeah i yeah. uh yeah i saw abnegation on the bill and i was like oh wow yeah (laughs) so i wanted to talk about human animal a little bit um so human animal uh did the name of the band come from a biohazard song 100 percent. for real yeah oh yeah yeah hell yeah Yeah. uh because three of us when we started the band um i just quit a different band that i had done for a couple years i was playing bass in that one and it was awesome band but I was just kind of bummed out on some stuff. I, I just wasn't happy. And I was like, I need to make myself happy. So I quit and, and it was a relief. And then like a month later, Adam and Bob were like, we're going to start a band like biohazard Hell yeah! and you're going to play bass and sing. And I was like, bro, I'm so sick of playing bass right now. Like, you know, like I've been doing yeah. it for a long time. And then, you know, our drummer, Bob just kept being like, nah, man, you gotta be like Evan from Evan from biohazard. I'm like, I don't have those. I can't do that. Like, you know, I used to do backups and I used to sing and play bass and yeah. smoke and mirrors and brothers keeper and another band I did. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I always had those fantasies of just being a singer, you know? So, but yeah. And so I had the name idea, like, cause, cause me and my one buddy, uh, Jason Swisher always joked that we're like intelligent cavemen. Okay. Like, <laughs> like, like we like to think we're smart, but yeah. we'll like still smash you in the face. You know what sure. I mean? Like, <laughs> And uh, I, I just thought human animal like encompass that like yeah. you know kind of aspect. And uh, I had the idea for a couple months, and the guys were like, "What do you want to name the fucking band?" And I was like, kind of embarrassed to bring it up, you know, yeah. like. And I know they both love Adam and Bob love like State of the World Address by Biohazard. Yeah. So then finally, like one day, I was like, "What do you guys think of Human Animal?" And and I would build it up for months, and they were both just like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's cool. I like it," you know, like. <laughs> And, and it's like, I try to, and I think it's so absurd. It's like a little more memorable too, you know? Cause like sometimes yeah. band names are so just trite or commonplace. They just get lost in the shuffle, you know? So 
I got to be I honest like with you. I thought that I thought the name was like goofy the first time I heard it. I was like human animal. For sure. Yeah. I like it. It's no, I mean yeah. for the exact reason that you said that because it makes you like stop for a second and like what? Yeah. It's, um, it's always weird when I, I I meet like normal people though or like through work and they're like, "Oh, you do music." And I got to tell yeah. them the band name and I'm like, ah, human God, animal. you know, like <laughs> <laughs> like you don't get it. Don't worry about it." Right. Like, I know. Um no, it's funny because yeah, like I, I do that with this show. It's called Wasted Radio. Yeah. Like, the show's not about being wasted. <laughs> it's right, right, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like you don't get wasted before you do it. You still have to do it. Like there's a modicum of respect for the listener. You can't like, you know, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I tell people like, the, uh, like I have a podcast, whatever. I'm like oh what's it called and like wasted radio yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just a name it's, you know it's just a name well yeah. i mean it, it rhymes there's a cadence to it mm-hmm. um and the first song i played on the show was wasted by lifeless yeah so, yeah and i was like that works you know great band great song great name um, awesome but i feel i feel you on the human animal thing 100 percent um because it, it and that's like a lot of things in hardcore too is like if you aren't a part of it you might not get it yeah <laughs> like you're gonna think yeah. that it's you're gonna think it's extremely corny but it's all good i mean any name really sucks if you dissect it you know what i mean you just kind of got to pick a, a moniker and and write it out you know like it's it's not if you overthink it it's not even worth your time you oh, know dude <laughs> I, I have um like I have a couple different projects that I have like in folders, just like stuff that I dabble with of my own stuff um, on logic here on my computer. And I have like different names for them. And it's funny how like your name almost identifies the style of music that you play. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how it carries, like if I say like human animal, like they you're not there's only a few things that you're gonna think that that is and it's probably yeah. gonna be some like heavy like you know might punch you in the face music but, <laughs> um, and then it's funny how like speed metal bands will all have like names that sound like speed metal like anthrax and hyrax and like, shit like that. <laughs> right <laughs> um but and, and uh, the logos too like the logos the, clue you in on the genre Dude, I'm just gonna say it. The the death metal logos are getting out of hand. Yeah. Like I saw the flyer for um Maryland Death Fest the other day, and it was like all of them. <laughs> they just look yeah. like this. Like I'm holding my fingers up like a waffle. Right. Like, I couldn't I couldn't tell what any of them are. I guess it's like a if you know, you know thing. Yeah. I know for human animal, I was like one of our friends, um, he was the original singer of One King Down. And he's like an old graffiti writer. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to have a cool, I've never been in a band with a cool graffiti logo, you know, like, and I know it's kind of like a, you know, it gets played out at times, you know, it's like, you got the old English font, you got a graffiti logo, a hand style, but yeah, he did one of our logos. And I, to me, it was like, this is cool. Like, this is a, this is awesome. I have like a real deal graffiti logo. Yeah, man. You know? Oh, for sure. And that, you know, like you say, like it might be overplayed or whatever that the graffiti logo is hardcore's death metal logo that you can't read. You know, that Mm -hmm. is, that's what they have. And this is what we have. Yeah. It was Um, was exciting. My one friend, he he was like, he knows I do art. He was like, he's a graffiti writer. He's like, you didn't do that. Did you? He's like, cause that's like legit graffiti letters. I was like, yeah, it wasn't me. You know, that's cool. 
All right. Um, I have another question for you. So live on BVZ radio. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love, love, love live studio recordings. I think it's the coolest thing. I think every band should do it and then release it just like you guys did. Um, I actually almost prefer live studio recordings to like, I like a, a good studio album. Oh, cool. Um, you know, but I love the live idea. Um, so I kind of wanted to just get your take on the process of doing something like that because you did it. Yeah. Um, maybe for somebody else in another band to hear and think like, this would be a good idea, you know, but like in all reality, how laborious is it to record an album like that? Or, you know, like record live record like that. That it might be easier now because the technology gets, keeps getting crazier and crazier, but that mm. was um, our buddy, Brian, uh, had just had a rate like a metal radio show at Penn State Barron, which is the Erie camp- campus. Yeah, and we had gone on for like one or two interviews prior, and then we just mentioned like playing on air, and he and he had a, other bands, so we just went in and did that. We mic'd up everything. It was a little weird because we're all in like little separate rooms. You know, we couldn't even yeah. really see each other. Um, and it, you know, it's just kind of you know you're nervous. You're kind of just anxious and stuff like that and then like sure. once we just started we're like ah oh, it's just like practice you know like yeah just lean into it have a good time you know um and and we were just hoping the audio came out good enough to like we released a cassette with my buddy whitey he uh did down for anything records so we did yeah. a cassette and then we threw it on that cd as bonus tracks and stuff but uh it's just something like you know I, I have tapes of old like like super touch from new york city did a bunch of radio shows um i think there's been i think breakdown might have had a, a radio show that they released yeah. and it just like to me was just kind of like a cool you know like me and bob and adam have done so much in old bands we're just trying to think of things we haven't done yet right that we just to like check it off our list be like oh hey, we never did a radio show let's play on the radio you yeah, know dude. like that's so cool kind of fun yeah that's so, really like, cool the, the one thing was bob i think bob wanted to film it all on his iphone our drummer and i think he hit the reverse camera so he just filmed the wall the whole time <laughs> so when we got done yeah <laughs> when we got done he's checking his phone and he just smashes it on the floor oh, and we're man. all just like and we're like what the hell just happened man and he just like broke his iphone into a million pieces <laughs> wow. we're like oh shit jeez yeah right hey i understand i mean right. I, that would be frustrating um nowadays with the cameras if you had one you can make like a cool music video out of that. Yeah. You had like one in each room. Yeah. They all, there's like tethering apps and stuff like that. Like, and I'm a little slow with stuff, so I'm trying to keep up. Like I want to like lean into that stuff more. So yeah, yeah. nah, dude, I'm a little slow with that stuff too, because there's like uh I've seen a couple different things that people are doing online right now, which is like digital band practices mm-hmm. and shit. Um, and they all play in time and it works that's awesome Um, like they somehow or i don't anybody that's listening to this that doesn't know or that knows what i'm talking about i really don't so (laughs) um but like they're somehow playing in time i don't know what technology they're using or anything like that um but if i could do something like that with this show and have like 
you know, bands be able to play on it. Like my dream would be able to have a live setup like that radio cool. show did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And then um, like talk between songs or something. Right, or, dude. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that'd be killer. And, you know, I mean, I think bands would travel to do something like that as long as it, you know, wasn't too far from what, where they were, or what they were doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm here in central PA, so we have plenty right. of bands around. So like, that would be, that would be the dream. Uh, with something like this but that that anyway thanks for uh indulging me there on the tape because i just i love live recordings i think it's such a cool yeah. concept and um yeah. but then so on the other end of the spectrum there you have live recordings and the or on the other end is studio and you guys have uh false realities which is like i mean probably the best studio quality thing that you've put out so far right would you agree with me there yeah yeah, it top, it's top true. show. And yeah, we, we put a lot into it. We probably spent about two to three years on that. Um, and so we did it all ourselves, tracked it all ourselves, which is awesome. But also you nitpick a lot of it and take longer than you probably have. You, you know what I mean? I like, can imagine. Yeah, like we would just like chip away at stuff. But all of a sudden you're like, wow, man, it's been it's 52 weeks later and we're still doing stuff or i'm dragging my feet with writing lyrics and we still got to do solos and sure like you know so it's just kind of convenient but you kind of take advantage of it but then we had it all kind of like a rough mix and we decided we wanted to bring someone else on to mix it so we found um have you ever heard that band great reversals from michigan um no i don't know if i have um they're, they're pretty awesome they're like a heavy band kind of okay. more like harvest or something oh, like cool. that um okay. kind of like 90s sounding but modern um and i really like their record I'll and i was like yo who sure. who uh and they told me who mixed it and it was this guy um i think it was andy nelson from bricktop studios and he did stuff like harm's way and some other band it's in chicago and he played in weekend nachos yeah and he wound up mixing it for us and he was reasonably priced uh, and he worked his ass off on it like he he would do stuff and we had a lot of ideas and and he would oblige us and and just make any tweaks and he killed it man we loved it and then we decided just to self-release it so you know i think that was um i think that was a good move i mean it's uh -huh. always you know what i mean like you you seem to have like a pretty long diy record um, right is this so so first of all the the album um is really good it's it, it's i mean and i i mean that like listen through the whole thing good um mm -hmm. i think that the fact that you guys spent so much time on it shows yeah you know? and like you. and you are uh obviously a tight-knit band you know like a lot of bands do the digital thing or um you know they have one or two writers or whatever but if i'm correct you guys still practice every week as a band and write together yep. and you know what yeah. i mean every um, wednesday it's it's like um especially because like you know bob and i are like mid 40s adam's in his 40s it's kind of i like knowing i'm gonna see my friends like i yeah. know like i gotta hang out we always we go out to eat afterwards every week um so it's just like I like doing something creative with my friends. I like getting out of the house. Yeah. You know, it's not the most convenient being in a band, but it 
kind of rounds me out a little bit where I understand. I, that. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like cathartic. You kind of like get your age out for a minute. And then I think I come home and I'm a better dad and husband, you know, yeah. like, cause I'm like kind of did my, you know, it's, it's kind of selfish and indulgent, but it's good, you know, like, right. But I think that's, um, one thing that actually like stands out about human animal, it definitely stood out to me, uh, when I saw you guys, um, cause that, that set was so memorable. And I think it's just cause you guys have really good chemistry. I think, yeah. that, you know, you just play together well. Um, and it the rest shows of those guys that that was the first time we were a four piece too. Cause we used to have a second guitarist. So that was kind of tough to write a record just with us. And yeah. Adam had never done um, solos really. So okay. like he could play them, but he had never written them or, you know, so it was kind of like going out on a limb for him. But I think like our bassist uh, baby boy and Bob on drums and Adam are also good that like, I have to really, tries super hard to keep up you know mm -hmm. like i have to bring my a game too so good that's awesome because your your uh your a game was uh great on dark days um there's some you know very memorable songs on there uh and then you know i, I mean you guys have um i'm just i'm looking at your discography right now and there's actually a few things on here that i don't have which makes me you probably do if you have discogs yeah if, if you have first four winners is basically all those eps on okay. one thing yeah. yeah but that that doesn't mean i have copies of them <laughs> right. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so, so a bunch of that stuff was released in like europe and stuff like that and and yeah. fortunately like it sold out so that's kind of why we did the discography like all on one disc yeah so. that's a great cd too Thanks, man. Yeah. 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 We have fun. Like, I kind of like, we just write the music that we kind of want to hear, you know? Right. We played, um, like, we played our first show back was at Preserving the New One. Yeah. Um, after COVID and all that stuff, we played there, um, back in August, I think. And it was funny because there's a lot of people there. I think we're just there because it was a show. Yeah. And they didn't really know us or anything like that, which is totally, you know, understandable. And, there's a bunch of dudes that were like, holy shit, you're like just a straight up hardcore band. It was nice just to hear mm -hmm. like a hardcore band, you know, like, yeah. like kind of old school, kind of fast, kind of groovy. But it wasn't just like I listen to a lot of heavy stuff, but we don't write music just to like destroy each other, too. You right. Know? Like, I don't know. Right. No, I agree. Um, and And you guys have like your share of mosh parts, but there's mm. also a lot of, uh, like there's soul. That's what I like about it. That's the word that I was looking for. Like you can tell that's, that's the charisma. Yeah. And that's the, you know what I mean? Like there is soul to it. Um, I think when I, when I saw you over at preserving, I told, I compared it to seeing wisdom in chains. Like I got that. Yeah. Same feeling. I, I think we kind of like line up with that type of stuff, like sick of it all wisdom mm. and chains. Like there's a little bit, hint of melody you know like i can't really sing but we kind of have sing-alongs if yeah, that yeah, makes sense sure. you know like kind of like that i like a lot of like boy and street punk stuff and i kind of like want to write songs in that vein where it's like there's kind of like a hook or you yeah. know like just like kind of a fun you know like grab your best friends and scream along you know like sure. that's kind of like i really like pylons like that was a big part of like the punk and hardcore when I first got into it, like bad religion, sick of it all. 
was just like upfront singing along. Like Moshin was great, but it was more about just like being a part of the song. So I kind of write with that in mind, you know. That's awesome. Um, so for you, what is uh, more fun? Being a singer, playing guitar? <laughs> what? Whew. There's a lot more pressure with singing. Yeah. Like, because I, you know, you got to, I was always kind of shy when I was younger. So it's like, there's those moments in between songs where you kind of have to talk to the crowd or, you know, not, and you're out of breath, you're tired, but you gotta, gotta kill that weird, awkward silence, you know, like, and, and so, and be charismatic, which is tough. Um, so I definitely enjoy singing because I, I really wanted to step out of my comfort zone too. Like, you know, I played bass for 20 years in bands. So, you know, I would just kind of be in the background a little bit, just rocking out. Um, Mm -hmm. although I, you know, what the music I wrote, try to make the bass very predominant too, though. But yeah, I I don't know. They both have their pros and cons. So I feel like there's a lot more responsibility with singing. Um, and, but sometimes uh, I miss bass, you know, do you still play? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Just like, in my spare time, I have it hanging on the wall here, you know, like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I should do a project band. And I'm like, hey, I should probably just work on human animal more, you know, like, well, if you have something you love, put your time into it. Um, yeah. What kind of bass do you have? Uh, I have a Les Paul. It's like a Gibson. Um, that was my last one I had. I had a Music Man Stingray. I wound up selling that on Reverb because I bought it and it was like 1500 bucks. And I, I wanted it to blow my mind. And I was like, eh, it's all right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I still have the stuff I used in Brothers Keeper. I think I have like some Ibanez sound gears in the basement. Oh, really? So they're so beat up. They're not worth selling. And I let my kids kind of hammer on them a little bit, you know? So Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and uh, earlier you mentioned COVID. I wanted to ask how you guys weathered through that. And, you know, what was that time kind of like for the band? Um, it, it kind of sucked cause we released the record right at the beginning of it. Yes, you did. I <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Dude. Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Um, yeah, you were one of the so guys that, that really got screwed. To... Yeah. You know, it, it kind of hurt cause we, we still haven't played a hometown record release show yet. Oh, like, really? yeah, we haven't played here. We booked one. We have one in June that we booked, but, uh, yeah. So we had a really good pre-orders. So when, so when we were locked down, I stuffed all the records myself and assembled them and I did all the mail order and we had a lot of merch that sold and a lot of, you know, a couple hundred records. So, but once I was done packing all those up, I was like, what do I do now? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh um, we eventually, we eventually started practicing again. Um, none of us were working at all. Like we were all out of work for months. And, um, so we, we eventually started practicing. We were kind of nervous. We weren't really sure. And, you know, but once we, and it was just three of us cause our bassist was going to school in Rochester, New York at the time. So he was just up there. Um, but yeah. And then we just, we started writing more songs again and just, we learned a couple cover songs that we recorded. Um, we, we were doing cover songs of our own band or old bands. Actually, we did that disciple cover that we mm-hmm. released. And we yeah. actually did a brother's keeper cover, um, that we haven't released yet. So, Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. You've been sitting yeah, on we that just did that. Years? Like, yeah, <laughs> no, probably about a year now. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
So um, we did the last song Bob and I wrote with Brothers Keeper was a song called Hardcore Song. Um, it was on a comp and um, Bob wound up quitting Brothers Keeper and moving away at the time. And we didn't love the old recording. Um, Mike's vocals are the epitome of high on that one. Uh, okay. So we just kind of wanted to revisit it since we wrote it together, like me on bass and him on drums. We had fun. Uh, we recorded at Bob's house and uh, had Shane at Cerebral Audio uh, mix it for us. So okay. we should be dropping that soon. Well, I'm already behind on that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have um, delays with your vinyl? No, uh, I got it in before. before all that. Yep. It was right. It was I pressed it that December. Okay. Um, so I had I got pretty lucky. And since I had previous orders with the plants, you know, throughout the years, I've actually, we just did a repress and I got it pretty quick too. I did two more colors um, that we haven't released yet. And, and I thought they were going to take like months and months and they came really fast, but that's because the plates were already made. They already had all the stuff. So yeah. yeah. Understood. I mean, it's interesting trade-off the bands from before COVID who were putting stuff out at the beginning of it had the luxury of getting their physical copies, but they couldn't play live. Right. Yeah. And then the bands that put stuff out after COVID struggled on the physical copies, but yeah, got to play shows. It's just interesting how this uh, whole thing has affected the scene. We kind of have to convince ourselves like, like it seems really old to us, the record, because it's two years ago, but it's yeah. still still new to the listeners you know so it's like we right. still have a lot to prove and and i still think it has legs like it, it's kind of a disservice to move on too quickly even though we did just go record new songs but um i still think we gotta hype it you know we gotta like kind of yeah. try to push it you know? do you have plans for any tours or uh video content or anything like that just some weekends here and there. We don't really say no to much, but we don't get asked a ton of stuff yet, you know? Sure. So um, it's kind of quiet at times, um, but I would definitely like to be playing a lot more than we are. So Yeah, yeah, yeah always. Um, and you have a new guitarist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, Mr. The uh, Kyle Bull came on. He, Yeah, he filled in for those couple of live shows we did and and he's always been close to the band like he's to ride with us to shows we did a bunch of some dates with bushido code yeah. in the past and um bob was record bob recorded their old bunch of his old bands and he recorded the first two bushido code eps mm-hmm. so he filled in on bass while our bassist was uh he was actually out in denver finishing up his schooling stuff um and after he did the bass stuff, he was like, Hey, what would you think about me playing second guitar? And we were like, Oh my God, I've wanted a second guitar for like five years now. So he's, he's fit in great, like personality wise, um, ability wise. It's been really nice to have him on board. We haven't really um, written anything with him yet. Like he recorded on the four new songs, but we kind of had them mostly sorted out uh, before he was in the band, but he played on the recording and I think it came out, I, I'll have to send you one after the interview. I, I'm so happy with it. I, we don't even know what we're doing with it yet. Yeah. But we just wanted to go to the studio just to kind of nail them down. So, yeah. yeah um, Kyle is, uh, I, I'm a big fan of his guitar playing. He's, nice. He's a fantastic guitar player. He really is. Um, 
but oh man i had something else i wanted to ask you too i think I he talking- likes it because it's kind of different than what he's played in a lot of bands it's yeah. looser it's a little more rocking you know mm-hmm. like it's not quite as like uh picking and um i don't know just like thrash metal stuff or like heavy yeah. you know, like represent it's, it's different than that it's kind of so i think it's kind of cool for him because it's just kind of out of his comfort zone a little bit i mean he does it totally fine you know like but yeah. i think it's just like a different approach to be along long for it you know so i think he's an awesome asset he, he's fun to have at practice but you were saying about new technology like he comes to practice and his guitar is tuned to e and he clicks a pedal and it tunes it to d like it like drops yeah. it and i'm just like i haven't played guitar in a band in 10 years i'm like what the hell is that you know black magic you know like can he so like, weird like can he like pick the tuning and it'll yeah to yeah it? <laughs> that's cool yeah or, or, or not <laughs> like it just it just changes it automatically like the yeah. guitar is still in e but it's like a pitch shifter yeah yeah Isn't that and something? i'm like and then all the like the amplifier, you know, emulators and stuff like that. I, I was just like, dude, you lost me on all this stuff. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I um, I keep it simple. You know, yeah. I, I'm a direct into the amp guy, but you know that that uh, I used to work at a guitar shop and like we were a big like tube amp guitar shop. We didn't have too much mm. like digital stuff stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um, but. I don't want to say it was like the beginning of it because it wasn't, but mm-hmm. it's crazy how much technology has changed in such a short time. Let me put it. It is. Way, I'm, I'm talking about less than 10 years ago and some of the stuff like I, I was going to guitar shows and stuff like that and seeing like the latest and greatest and stuff was not what is out now. Yeah. <laughs> like some yeah, of the stuff that I'm seeing, I'm like, well, how do you even do that? It's moving it. fast. And, and in my yeah. old bands, I used to bring my 810 base cabinet and all the engineers would be like, why did you bring that? And I'm like, you're going to mic it. And like, everyone was like, <laughs> we don't mic bases. And I'm like, you're going to fucking mic it. You know, like that's my sound, you yeah. know? So I, I would make them do like a mix of the head, the sans amp would be another out and then mic in the cabinet. And then once we would run it, and, you know, if you listen to some of my old bands, I think the bass tones are pretty, pretty awesome. And, mm-hmm. um, and even human animal stuff is great. And with, with baby boy on bass, but, um, they would wind up using a lot of the live sound of yeah. the mic cabinet. And they would be like, you're right. This is like, this is, you know, and it was just something I had developed from necessity, you know, but I was like, I want to capture what we sound like live too, you know? So, For sure. Yeah, dude. But, um, yeah, well, bass is a whole different animal i mean it's a whole different <laughs> world it is and it's like yeah you know like if you're into guitars and guitar equipment and stuff like that there's a whole different world for bass and yeah you know i'm i'm pretty standard you know hardcore sans amp sound or uh i don't know other than yeah that, other than that i wouldn't know what to play like, <laughs> like a p bass and a sans amp and a like you said a 812 I can always tell when um, there's the bass player in a band and I'm like, he's a guitar player. I can tell he's a guitar player. Yeah. He's playing all high on the neck. I'm yeah, like, man. he's not, he's not playing it like he's supposed to. And I remember one of like, one of brother's keeper sessions, like our engineer was like, he just kept yelling at me. He was like, play it sexy, play it sexy. You know? And, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're right, man. These, these bass lines, they have to be sexy. You know, they have to like, cause I'm really in a rhythm and like syncopating with the drums and like just locking in with that and i think 
all the bands I've done, I think that's kind of obvious because I like a lot of hip hop um, and like groovy stuff like quicksand, you know, like mm -hmm. where like the bass and drums are just like tight together and the guitars can do whatever. But yeah. the rhythm section has to be one. You know? I agree. I think that there's a lot of bands that and I'm not knocking this because it's hardcore, but like there's a lot of bands that the bass pretty much just does what the guitars are doing. Right. Yeah. They're you know? barely getting by, you know, like they're yeah. like, I barely know how to play, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And like, I think like you're kind of hitting the nail on the head as, um, you know, you're, you're part of the rhythm section and you're yeah. like, you know, you vibe with the drummer Yeah, that you, you can build a solid song off of that. And our bassist, uh, we, we call him baby boy cause he's the youngest of the band, but, um, he really fell into that group. Like he really, cause he played guitar in, in bands forever ago, but he really, he picked it up though. He picked up playing the way that the rest of us like, and, and he kills it now. Like, I don't even have to yeah. like yell at him, like play harder, you know, like pick, you know, strum it, strum it hard, like strum it. Like you mean it. Like he nailed, he, sure. he'll do his take. And I'm like, damn, he's got it. You know, he's got that finesse that I like. So it's cool. That's it's, dope. Yeah. It's hard to, I, well, do you feel that it's hard to, capture that um in the studio when you have the drummer doing separate tracks than the bass um it could be it could yeah. be but um and sometimes like we got really into doing like stuff with like a click track and whatnot mm -hmm. but um bob really lays into it like he's mm -hmm. he's not a light foot like he he plays he practices hard um on his own and with the band like he's really into his craft so good i have like full confidence in him just to to bring it you know that's awesome when we when we were doing the full length since he tracked it all we came into the studio or practice place slash studio at his house and he was like he's like yeah i did uh, i did all 10 songs on my own and we're like what and he's like yeah I, I tracked all the songs and we're like holy shit dude like you know like you did yeah. that on your own yeah that's cool yeah um, adam would just like lay down like a scratch track a guitar scratch track and Bob will just nail it like so that's, that's what awesome. I mean like I got a I got a lot to keep up with man these guys like they're 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 heavy man you know yeah well, <laughs> did you uh did you guys mic guitars and bass for false realities yeah oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. definitely yeah and that's on the cool. new stuff too that we did at Cerebral we did yeah. we brought a lot of stuff you know especially with Kyle on the band now like he's got <laughs> yeah. access to any amp in the world in his basement yeah, so right? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how he does it man yeah he just did a uh did you see his video where he reviewed uh a, my pv rage 108 it was my first practice amp that i got in like 88 89 and he, he just did like an eight minute video oh really it, it's this little like 12 inch speaker and he was just like crapping all over it man <laughs> it was, it was oh that's awesome comical but there was so many people just like reminiscing though you know like it really got i had like 200 comments you know like yeah i've been all pv forever oh nice there you go yeah um i love well i love this i just love the pv sound i settled on the 5150 and stayed with it now so i've yeah. got like the old school block letter 5150 and i don't think i'll ever get rid of it it's hey, like man if you like it ride it out you know i love like. that thing man yeah I know. <laughs> but uh some of these other amps that um people are playing out of now just sound like incredible just insane yeah yeah um, and like when i was coming up playing guitar it was like pv and marshall and 
like just the big mm-hmm. ones and then now there's like all these like weird like boutique amps and stuff like that yeah yeah for and sure what do your uh, guitar players play out of i'm the wrong one to ask You're man the wrong one to ask. Uh, yeah. I th- well kyle brings a different amp every practice but i think his best sounding stuff so far I, I, he had an orange head that he brought to okay. practice that i really liked and i think adam plays through mesa mesa stuff um I should really know more. <laughs> oh no, I mean you're he, yeah, you... he he actually works at a music store too. He's been there for like 10 plus years um at World of Music here in Erie. Very cool. Um but he kind of he doesn't rotate gear that much cuz he just he just has a killer sound. Um when we had when he was our only guitarist, he was running like an AB switch with two rigs, like two different heads and cabinets, but um but yeah, he's just got like a big full sound too, so okay yeah yeah that's really cool um maybe kyle will do a gig like a gear rundown of art or something at some point you know like hell that yeah. would be kind of cool like a, a video of it but and our drummer just bought another drum set like like yeah. they have really so we have really nice stuff just you know just from collecting all the years and um whenever we play shows like even the headlining bands are like, we borrow your stuff, you know? And it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, not a bad you're the one on to tour. Like, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you didn't even watch us play and <laughs> we're not even getting paid probably. And you're borrowing our shit, you know? <laughs> like, right. That's funny. So uh, you have a pretty eclectic collection of stuff, man. Like I'm like looking yeah. at your walls and like your old skateboards and stuff. Is this like, uh, yeah, a lot of artwork stuff you've designed or other people's art. Like, what's the, what's the deal? Um, not too much of my own. It's just like memorabilia stuff mm-hmm. I've collected over the years. Uh, this is my home, my home office. It's like it's like six by eight feet, tiny little room, you know, in our house. Perfect. But uh, I crammed all my stuff. Like, I have a lot of books, a lot of books for art, and then all my records, which are the two worst things to collect when you have to move because they're so heavy and fragile they're nightmares so um but yeah this yeah. is just kind of my little lair at home so yeah like i got like some show posters up um okay i saw the misfits at one of the reunions i got their poster and um there's some stuff from like old tours and whatnot i think this is a plaque that um brothers keeper got from this the city of louisville the scene gave us a positive band of the year for 1998 it was just kind of funny like we used to play there a lot of the year for 19. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope, uh, dude. Appreciation of your sincerity and dedication. You know, like we used to play there a lot and our shows were really good there. Um, That's so so cool. That's a surprise attack. I don't know. It's a, one of the bands on the label had given me that. So I named the the label after it was like a bomber plane from uh, world war two. It was like nose art, like painted on the plane uh, said surprise attack. So that was, um, this one band Holden Caulfield I put out the singer yeah. of that band got me that as oh, a that's gift. really cool so, yeah yeah I just have just like kind of stuff that makes me happy I have a this is kind of funny it's that's a ugh, a brother's keeper record um into a clock. blue vinyl and my sister turned it into a clock and the only numbers on it are 814 for Erie. Oh, and she gave it to me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it was really cool. But I'm like, she wasted a rare blue vinyl, the glued things to it. You know, like, I was like, yeah, this is great. But the collector in me was like, oh, son of a bitch. You know, like, 
but yeah, I have that hanging up. So just, you know, lots of, lots of old punk stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Just try to stuff that inspires me and makes me happy. You know, that's very cool. You know, it's, it's uh, crazy. Cause I'm in the eight one four two and you know, sometimes like it feels like we're a lot further away from one another than we really are, it is. you know? Yeah. He's not that far. But, I know, like, when I when I grew up out in, like, Harrisburg and stuff like that, like, I never even heard of Erie, yeah. you know? Like, like it's like, you know, you got Philly, and Erie is seven hours, the complete opposite other end of the state. It's like nobody, you know, especially back then, there was no connection, you know? So Right, right. Um, so. You know, let's jump back into that for a second. Uh, yeah, Because sure. let's talk about that. That, that uh, specifically is interesting to me because that's exactly what I'm digging for. Um, you know, the, the connections that were made in that time. Um, so when did you guys really start hooking up with, uh, bands from further East PA and playing with them and, you know, doing what was going on in PA back then? Probably 97 or so. Like once we started getting out of Erie a lot, um, kill bands we would go on tour with despair and harvest we would try to like really hype the label all together you know Mm -hmm. Uh, we played wilkes bar a lot we played lancaster a lot um we had friends in carlisle like really tight friends from when we were kids so they would book us there at the colleges a lot and we would play packed shows like we did really good all over the state philly never had a ton of love for brother's keeper you know that's but that's tough town you know (laughs) um you know we would just play some of the best shows were in those little towns where the Mm -hmm. kids were just starved for something to do you know like kind of those dead-end towns um but yeah so we would just start playing all around we played clearfield a bunch like uh clearfield pa kind of mill nowhere oh we're uh, friends there 25 minutes from clearfield right now right on Yeah. yeah Yeah, we played there a couple times and it was wild, you know, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Clearfield's um, a crazy place. Oh yeah. I, mean, I remember like <laughs> we're playing and I'm looking out and there's like this like a grandma in the pit and she straight up had like spider spider webs tattooed on her hands. You know, I'm like, man, this Clearfield's wild, you know, this yeah. is like ninety eight, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like you know, yeah, I'm just think, like, man, I, I don't think much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like at the time, like but people were just rocking out. We had a blast. You know, that's where that's I awesome. met Andy. Yeah. Andy from Watcher just showed me a photo of like all the Clearfield oh, yeah. dude and Brothers Keeper. Like we all pose for photos. And I kind of have the worst memories sometimes, like to a fault, you know, like because yeah. and, and we did a lot of stuff, you know, but like um I'm like, dude, that was that was fun time. So we would just some, play some anywhere. of my favorite bands uh growing up were Clearfield bands. Really? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. We had so much fun with Clearfield bands. With, with Justin scams in all of them. Oh <laughs> yeah. Not without resistance. And <laughs> yeah. uh, nine, six, nine is actually, yes. uh, they're actually playing in Altoona. Today is Wednesday. No, today's Tuesday. This is my life. <laughs> Today is Tuesday. They're playing on Friday. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, Weird. It's a reunion. Yeah. So interesting that I- should come up, but I think one of our Clearfield shows, I think three of the opening bands at different times covered Crucified. <laughs> you <Nice>. know, like <laughs> that's awesome. Funny, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, Clearfield, uh, good times, 
good times with the Clearfield bands around here. Um, have you guys ever played Altoona? I don't think you have. Um, which band? <laughs> well, uh, okay. Any- so, so um, when I said I don't think you have, I meant Human Animal. Um, we, we we did recently actually. We played Bushido Code's release show down there. Oh wait, I remember. But I, yes. Yeah. I remember yeah, that. I, you could you couldn't come out because I listened to because you did the yes. stuff with Andy that night. You guys were spinning vinyl. Yes. I listened to your uh, I listened to that episode back then when you guys because he played Disciple. I think right. And, uh, I had to be. Um, that I cool. had to be on dad duty that night. I remember. Yeah. That I do remember yeah. that now. Um. But uh, you guys played that, and the I I was just talking to Andy today about how he has to come back on. Because when we did the show together, I didn't have like I had less equipment than I have now. And for some reason, there was this like weird hiss. And I was like, oh, I didn't notice. It was fine. Really? Okay. Yeah. It sounded good to you. I'm cool with it. Yeah. And I I can be picky, too. Um, So, yeah, we played that show. And then my old band that I did in like 07 to 11 or something like that, Smoke and Mirrors. Okay. I played bass. We played. You played Eddie No Money's Garage. Oh, did you? Yeah. And, <laughs> and we rolled yeah. up there, and I'm like, "Rest oh, in peace, man. Eddie." Eddie's no longer yeah. with us, Yo, unfortunately. He was, he was he was a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he was um, wild, man. He would, yeah. he would come up here sometimes, but um, he booked us in a garage down there, and we rolled up like, "Oh man, this is gonna suck," you know, like kind of being, probably fucking wild, huh? And it was awesome. <laughs> like we had a blast and, yeah. and like everyone rocked out and then we like just grilled in the alleyway afterwards. And yeah, and I'm like, man, I need to like not be pessimistic sometimes because like this turned out to be so cool, you know? Yeah. I and wonder if I, I think, was there. I'd have to, I really have to think. Um, because I don't remember who we played with. I'd have to like dig up flyers, but then we played smoke mirrors also played some really big room in altoona with providence from france oh um was it the uh that yeah i was there maybe cdc Um, i don't know was it the urban war zone it was a yes um, paintball place yeah yeah i think earth crisis had played there around the same time yeah 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 we uh my old band uh was called terrible minds and Mm -hmm. we played with earth crisis there oh cool yeah it was fucking yeah it was insane um, yeah but that place was a good that was a good venue yeah yeah so we played that um so yeah been there a handful of times brothers keeper never played i don't think we ever played altoona though that really at the beginning of the question that's really what i was asking had brothers keeper ever come through and i don't think altoona i don't think state college uh, i know adam's band disciple played the crowbar with um sheer terror okay and in like 97 because i drove down separate because i'm a huge sheer terror fan yeah and i was like oh i gotta see it was like sheer terror hate breed disciple cast iron hike and there was maybe like 10 paid people <laughs> it was terrible yeah. like okay. yeah yeah well terrible depending on who you ask because you have right yeah <laughs> I, still, I still tried to stage dive during sheer terror and like <laughs> felt like i broke my thumb on like two people you know <laughs> there you go hey you know it is what it is um didn't they reunite sheer terror Yo, or, yeah yeah they're still yeah. going yeah they're, yeah see that's the thing i didn't know like did they ever stop i i think they've gone through lineup changes but they've been putting out records pretty consistent yeah. for years and i pick everyone up i actually have a one of my friends plays 
bass for them now and he gave me a guitar pick with the, oh, cool. the bulldog i was like yes this rules you know like <laughs> yeah. I, I i'm still a fanboy man you know what i mean like uh, i, I hey man you know like that that's how i feel doing this show a lot of the time i mean yeah i don't get i don't get people on that i think that everybody else necessarily wants to hear like that's not exactly what i'm thinking about when i'm doing this like i'm yeah. reaching out to i'm reaching out to bands that i like and bands that yeah. i listen to and i'm glad that other people do yeah um, and i it's i will, authentic you know yeah you know and and like that's i will i will definitely always try to push people to buy from the bands and support the bands and and you know that's how you support the bands is you put gas in their tank and you you know wear their shirts and you buy their physical copies and stuff like that i'll always do that but at the heart of it um i'm getting on bands that i like and that i respect and that you know like i was just listening to your uh new music episode and there was a couple bands i hadn't heard on that oh you for know? real you check yeah, that out yeah. thank you that's yeah cool. yeah um i get a good response from those honestly yeah um, i get i i've gotten like messages from people saying like hey cool thanks for putting this band on i like you know and that's that's like if yeah. one person if one person finds a band that they like yeah that's, a, that's a yeah there's a couple i definitely uh, that i've seen on flyers but i haven't checked out yet you know like and then i'm like oh man i know some bands i need to recommend you know like i'm like yeah. i gotta tell them about some stuff you know like dude that show bro. that show took me two hours to make yeah is that that's good or it. bad that's that's okay. well to me to me, um, cause like I used to put like, I would do a show like four or five hours. Yeah. Um, cause I would be like, I would overanalyze and, you know, overthink it and shit like that. And I guess like, I guess I have a better grasp of like the software and shit now. So I know like, I can just like mm. plug and play and stuff like that. But the, the reason I say that though, um, is like, it's to, to support all those bands, 14 bands in one episode, not that much effort. You know, nice. and yeah, and and like, I don't know. I mean, I want I want to see more people doing stuff like that. Really, is what I'm right. saying. Right. I don't want to be the only one by a long shot. Like, yeah, there's a there's million, like mark marked for life. Uh, yeah, which is a great show. Yeah, great yeah. show. Um, and uh, like I, that stuff makes me so happy to see because I think I don't know. I mean, like we could we maybe not even necessarily like youtube or anything like that but like podcasts alone people talking about shows people talking about bands playing music it's a really good way for us to like dominate the space and kind of yeah. you know take back that server space from these you know podcast companies and like carve out our our area for people like us who want to hear a variety of different shows and like you know that you're probably not going to see like a hardcore xm or right. a network or anything like that but if we all did something you know similar um we could maybe somehow figure out a way to like you know i mean and it would it would be cool for how many bands that are out right now to you know get that kind of exposure and i think that that is just what hardcore is about kind of like weaving that all together and creating something bigger out of it so there's my speech <laughs> well you get, you get a lot of dudes too you know like i said i'm mid 40s now you get a lot of guys that are like think hardcore stopped 
or like there's not good bands. And I think they're kind of just basing it off of kind of when they exited, you know, like oh, when yeah. they kind of stopped coming around. It's like, no, there's still kids. There's still old dudes doing badass bands. And then there's yeah. still young kids doing awesome bands. I was like, you're just not looking, you know, you gotta, like you're you not. Look. That's what you're I'm not trying putting to in the do. time. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to like yeah. put something that I can be like, look, you don't even have to look them up. Just fucking right. press play. And like, right. You know, yeah. Just check them out. You know, it's like, like delivered to your doorstep. It's, it's never been easier. And there's a lot to wade through. Like I buy a lot of young bands. I buy a lot of new music. Whenever yeah. I get like emails from labels, I read all the stuff. I like to check out everything, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I buy new stuff and sometimes it doesn't stick to you as much as like, you know, when you listen to an old record you've familiar with for 30 years, you know, it's sure. not going to like ingrain to that level, but there's still so much good stuff coming out, you know? Yeah, like man. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Absolutely. It's fun. It's exciting still to me. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we are junkies that are just chasing <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like hardcore junkies that are always, I like the wisdom and chain song chasing the dragon. Cause it's oh. like a perfect explanation for, Dude, yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it just encompasses like what we're all trying to do with this. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of tons of cool bands out right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think that, I think that was one of the net positives from COVID as, as dark as COVID was and, and all of the kind of things that it shadows over some good did come out of it. And I think that like kind of the uh, forced oppression of creativity really mm -hmm. created a punchback. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that we're seeing that now in bands like one on one and pain of truth and uh, well, I mean, human animal, um, yeah. you guys, you know, you haven't, well, you never stopped. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I feel like we've barely gotten started too, though. You know, yeah. like I, I, we're not really like, entrenched in some of the stuff i want to be like playing with the bands i'd like to see you know like mm -hmm. it, it's especially with eerie scene is very quiet there's not there's not a hardcore scene like there was so there's really not bands coming through here where we could kind of like rub elbows and connect with other bands and hit other areas so it's kind of tough you know how often do you guys have shows up in eerie now there's kind of nothing right now. Yeah. There's like a handful of bands that play some bars. There's really nothing going on nothing, like okay. at all. And it's, it's, or if there is, there's not much of a turnout. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't really know, like I've booked a couple shows over the years. I brought terror through Erie cause um, they hit me up. They're like, Hey, we haven't played there in ages. Like we want to play some kind of like, bc markets or you know what i mean and yeah. it was a decent show i had like 150 kids um we we had a mad ball show that was probably like 100 and so kids you know yeah. um but those, those are the bands i want to see you know but then even yeah. like some of my friends who i know listen to these bands still don't come out and i'm like bro like i brought them five minutes from you and you still can't come out you know like yeah. i don't know it's, it's disheartening but interesting it's yeah no i under i understand um you know, I was just thinking too, it would be cool for like regional bands to do like regional weekends. Like if you did yeah. like an Erie Pittsburgh and Altoona Sunday matinee. Yeah. Or vice versa. You go from Altoona over to Pittsburgh up to Erie and then you go back that night. Yeah. Back, oh, back. I, 
we always joked about wanting to do a week long Pennsylvania tour of like hey, you could every <laughs> every podunk town because yeah, they'd man. be the best shows. They, yeah, like, they would. They'd be fucking. You know, awesome. like we always thought that'd be and make like tours PA tour shirts with like the dates. You know, it's that would like, be so funny. But it would be just, great. Like, yeah, you can um, do that. I know we have we have we finally booked an eerie show. We're also doing um a live stream. Mm-hmm. At, at an eerie place there's a place called paca which is like a non-profit like arts venue and okay. throughout the pandemic every sunday they were doing um a live they would have a band play and they have pretty good sound and video equipment and they would live stream it just since there was nothing going on but now like people can come and like byob stuff like that so we're doing that one weekend too um we're going to do like a youngstown ohio show we're hitting out we've never played there we got asked to play there. We got the the Pittsburgh show. But like I said, it's not for the lack of like saying no to stuff. It's I email people all the time, like trying to get on shows, but they're either package deals or they're all booked up, you know? So really, there's a lot. I'd love to hit Detroit. I'd love to hit like Louisville. Um, I'd love to hit like Harrisburg, PA, upstate New York. Like I'll go in. We'll go anywhere. Like to us, it's fun to get out of town, you know, like, yeah we'll go find a nice restaurant we'll hang out we'll see some old friends like i don't know you don't got to twist our arm (laughs) when you were in uh brother's keeper um and sorry about this by the way but the the sound is kind of fucking up a little bit i don't know oh right on yeah internet um Hmm. i gotta get a i gotta get like a hard line in here anyway yeah um so when you were in Brothers Keeper, so you're you're talking about like going around visiting old friends and stuff. Um uh did you guys tour like all over the United States? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We did we did the whole US several times. Mm-hmm. Um our first time first full US was I think with One King Down. Okay. And and I remember um we were in San Francisco and I was like, "Man, I want to get a tattoo." And we walked like miles and I got my first color tattoo, like in San Francisco. That's cool. uh, that was pretty cool to, to have as like a memory. Um, and I, we got to the West coast. I was like, I got to go jump in the Pacific ocean. I've never even seen it. I just got to go jump in the damn thing. You know, like it's so cool, it pretty, huh? pretty amazing just to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we toured the U S a bunch of times. BK did Europe twice. Um, and then I got to go back to Europe once was stretch armstrong filling in for them and i toured uh we did puerto rico also so that was pretty badass so i knew that you toured with one king down but i didn't know it was full us and yeah yeah it was like like a five week thing yeah okay and i didn't know that you played with stretch armstrong Are they friends yeah I, yeah we had um brothers keeper toured with them a lot we we mm-hmm. kind of fit together well because we were kind of like new schooly like you know new school hardcore whatever you want to call it and um two those guys sang on our record um they sang on fantasy killer on a track two tracks maybe and then mike sang on like some of their songs and did um their uh graphic design stuff too so we were so then they they needed a bass player and they hit me up i was living in philly at the time this was like oh four oh five and I was just, I filled in for like a year playing bass with those guys. I would just fly down and do tours and stuff. And it was a great year. Not a bad awesome gig. Year. Yeah. That's a really cool Yeah. Movie. It was so, it was so cool. Yeah. I like, yeah. I think I became, I think I became a better player because they were a lot faster than I was used to playing. 
Yeah. And uh, I played a five string bass with them. So that was kind of new for me, but I liked it, you know, so. Uh, um, are they still playing? They just re they just did uh, furnace fest last year. That was okay. First time in ages. They And then they're doing furnace fest again this year. So, yeah. Why did they yeah. stop? Um, I think it just, I think momentum, maybe I think yeah. some of them, um, just wanted to get more family focused, you yeah. know, like, well, they toured, I just like, think it wasn't relentlessly. Yeah. And I think it, it just wasn't, uh, I don't want to say lucrative enough, but maybe just, you know, a lot of pressures. They, a lot of them have kids, uh, you know, they're away from home while their kids are really young. It's just I tough, understand. you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I understand for sure. Um, I got into that band, I guess it was probably like 2005. They put free at last out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was right. That's probably what you were playing along with some of that. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Right before that. I didn't, the, okay. um, I didn't play on the record, but uh, that was, that stuff was getting, we were playing some of that live and stuff like that. So those are yeah. cool songs. And that's what, yeah. um, I was 15 and that's what uh, got me into stretch Armstrong. And then you realize they have this like entire back catalog. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that record went like I don't. They did it on like a weird upstart label, so I don't think it got the the attention it deserved. You know. Yeah, I think I heard it on Headbangers Ball. Oh wow, nice. I think I don't. I yeah. can't remember. Um, I think it was like the first release for the that label, so it's kind of just yeah. tough, you know. Like sure, good. Band. And that's kind of like when CDs were kind of dying, you know, yeah. like download i don't know it's just kind of a weird era you know <laughs> oh yeah for sure and if you look at it now too like physical medium is like almost just for like collectors they're like pokemon cards or something you know right. what i mean like i mean you don't need it you know i'm yeah I mean, people like you and i probably i would assume put on a record because you enjoy it and you, mm -hmm. you know appreciate the sound and that's how you want to listen to your music but like um I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I always, I always push uh, people to collect vinyl because this is in the stack. This is all my mail that's come recently that I, I haven't even listened to. Yet. Wow, there you go, man! <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, it just the uh, the the smartphone makes it too easy, huh? Oh shit! But um, I always tell people to collect vinyl because the day could come where like apple or you know whatever service you're listening to decides they don't make enough money off of your shitty little hard right bands, you know and they give you the boot and it's like how are you going to listen to your bands you should buy from them because then they yeah. get the money and then you have the physical copy of it and nobody can take that from you i don't know i mean like that probably won't happen but like it's a giant company talking about yeah like, yeah yeah you know and especially like if they want to make something disappear boy does it there's a lot of like demo. I think like mid 2000, like was the era of like CDR demos and stuff yeah. like that too. And um, I have lots of those, I have a whole spindle right over there, but you can't, you can't find it online. A lot of those mm -hmm. kind of nobody bands. You can't like, I, there's probably so much I forget about that. If I heard it again, I'd be like, Oh man, that's, it'd be exciting oh, to dude. hear. For but sure. nobody's they're not going to pay a hundred dollars to put on spotify you know like. okay so so nerd out on this for a second you imagine how much lost music there is on myspace right and right you know what i mean like just exact demo or like pure volume yeah People used to like load shit onto there um 
that was like those sites were like how I listened to most of our local bands. Yeah. And they hardcore, were like uh, hardcore mp3.com. I think. Yeah. Was <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I remember stereo killer, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, any of that music's even still up. Right. You know? So yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't want to make the same mistake that I've made several times in the past. I buy a copy of it now just to be sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I try not to let go of stuff that I think would be irreplaceable, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I have some pretty cool uh, records that I've come across, but I've, I've found that, you know, like if I order the, you know, something offline or it's like a rare, whatever, there was only 50 of these made or 10 of these made or whatever. I always find that the ones that I buy from the bands, especially ones that are like limited edition that I buy from the bands are always my favorites. doesn't really yeah. matter. doesn't really matter so much what they are. It's the memory attached to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I'm not like a big t-shirt guy, so I definitely try to buy a lot of music, music yeah. itself. So yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of a couple boxes of shirts. <laughs> around. I have, I've lost more hardcore band merch than <laughs> I can. Oh, seriously. I mean, I, I have like, I used to have like, I, I don't know what happened. All my hoodies I've had, I, I don't fucking know what happened to them. Like I've had right. so many hoodies over the years. I've had so many t-shirts over the years. I have no clue what happened to them. I really don't. I don't know if like, I don't know. Maybe I just, just wear my, my business. We make new shirts every year, like a couple yeah. new designs. And that's just my whole wardrobe. And then I just, I have all the same like flannels and stuff. And I, I think in my head, like, Oh, you know, like this is kind of new. And then I'll see a, facebook memories from 12 years ago i'm like i'm wearing that same outfit today <laughs> like oh my god you know <laughs> like, yeah dude i do the same thing i need some help i need some fashion help you know like know. i'm surprised my wife doesn't say anything to me you know <laughs> oh, dude dude we moved a couple months back so it was in like uh october i think we moved and I have like half of my clothes that I put into garbage bags and shoved them in my closet and I haven't touched them since. Right. I don't need them, but I don't, I can't like say goodbye to them. And my wife's been on me about like, yeah. Hey, you know, all these clothes that you don't wear, why do you have them? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, like ah. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like exactly. So it is what it is. Like, you know how much that that would be worth in a merch swap group? You know? Oh, man, I have I have a couple like real, real rare T-shirts. And I'm like, oh, I bet some motherfuckers. Will want yeah, that shirt. like I can't can't let right. go of that shirt. Like that's a um, hundred bucks easy. You know? <laughs> right. I know. Right. I Dude, I have a friend who collects Earth Crisis merch. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> right. Like that's, I didn't, that's a deep, deep, you know, dude, I just didn't know. You know, and he was telling me about it one day, like he was like sending me pictures of shit and like some of the stuff he has. And I'm like, cool. Like, I, I, I don't dislike Earth Crisis. I, right. But but it's it's like it's a whole thing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty of people listening to this that are like, uh, yeah, duh. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I just never got into it. Um, But I was doing that with Madball Vinyl. I was trying to buy it every variant of Madball, and then they keep doing reissues and reissues and i'm like oh my god guys you know like really yeah I can't, I can't keep up like You're killing me do you have most of it i got i have a lot up to a point and you know so you i don't know why even, I just, 
I got obsessive with them. Original demo stuff. Like, do you have that kind of stuff? No, no. I have some original find. I I don't even know if there was anything, you know, like, I don't, you like, they just hit the ground running, you know, like, yeah. Um, I have some really rare, I got a couple test presses of mad ball test presses and stuff like that. Okay. Well, uh, is there anything else that, um, you wanted to cover any stories you wanted to tell or anything like that? Ah, not offhand. <laughs> big, I don't know. I can't. Big memories, favorite bands you played with. How about that? What was what was uh, your favorite bands that you've played with? Um, there was some pretty wild shows. I'll try not to steer towards fight stories because that's like uh, <laughs> easy. I mean, you know, low hanging fruit. At the time, you know, but. we like we like fight stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, um, I think on the last <laughs> podcast I was on, I shared a tale about. Uh, Mike, our singer, getting stabbed while we were at CBGB's once. So people can go listen to that one. But uh, that's legendary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's even what he said. He was like, man, if I'm going to get stabbed anywhere, I at least want it to be somewhere cool. You know, yeah, there but you uh, go. we did some pretty wild shows where we um, we actually played in Salt Lake City. We played with uh, System of a Down. What? So that was that was pretty cool with System of a Down and Static X. We opened Seriously? up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And it was. Before, um, before um, Toxicity came out, so they were on their first full length. So, and I didn't really know anything about them, but our drummer uh, Zach at the time had it, and he was a fan. And he was like, "Wait till you see this!" Like he knew, like when the, you know, their bass drops were gonna hit, and the crowd was just going wild. And we opened up, and, and which was kind of cool because we could kind of cross appeal. Like we had the whole crowd jumping, you know, like going nuts. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they accepted us. It was cool. Um, so that was pretty exciting to do stuff like that crossover stuff, you know, like, uh, I kind of wish we leaned more into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And not to interrupt uh, you, but this is just super interesting. Um, so that what year then is this like system of a down static X, like that was probably 98 or 99. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And there's, it was like a, packed club like a really nice club um yeah one of our friends he w- he was in this band called clear okay. um they were like a straight edge band from salt lake city and he played i think he played bass and he was like part of the venue so he just would book us on cool shows when we were out that way and it was you know it was just kind of cool to play to like different types of kids you know okay like, yeah sure. we, we never wanted to like just pigeonhole ourselves to, mm-hmm. to anything you know um and that's like one big regret with that band. I wish we we just kind of petered out due to like member changes and stuff like that. And I wish we kind of like kept it going, you know, like wrote it out a little bit further, you know. But it I just understand. kind of got too tiring with just people coming and going, not like consistent lineup, you know. So mm-hmm. I just I I you know I mean hindsight sucks, but I just feel like there's was always more to do, you know. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. You know, it's like, you just wish at the time it seemed right to call it quits, but then you look back, you're like, man, we could have done more, you know, but for sure. Yeah. And we played a lot of cool shows like that. Um, you know, we, we played with just about everybody at one point or another, like, Mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes we went over good. Some, some places we didn't, but we always had a small pocket of fans, you know, that, liked us I, I feel like we did all right you know that's um, awesome yeah and it was cool going over to europe um that was killer i wish we had gone more often just because 
to keep kind of pounding the pavement, you know, like just, I feel like we didn't push um, our final full length, that uh, fantasy killer hard enough, you know? So mm-hmm. that would have been cool to like, just tore more off of that record at For the sure. time. But For sure. What can you do? <laughs> you know? Hey, you, you yeah. push human animal. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you guys have done great things already. Um, so right as of now, no exact future touring plans or anything like that. Nope. Just, just some shows here and there, like weekends and whatnot. I don't cool. know, like a full blown tour would be pretty tough. Um, mm. I think just work wise for everybody, but I mm. think if it was something we couldn't make work, we would, um, I would really like to get this band overseas too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause none of us have been in 15 years and our bases have never been. So it's kind of exciting to like take him along and for him to see it through his eyes, you know, like kind of like just like show him the ropes and have fun, you know, just hang out and remove ourselves from day-to-day life. And I would just like to check it out again. You know, I'd love to go to Japan. I'd love to go Australia or New Zealand, you know, I'd love to hit the West coast again too, for sure. But Mm -hmm. it's tough. I just feel like we need to get the record out there more and get, anyone to even know who we are and and i would definitely go play anywhere so (laughs) yeah absolutely so um do you think that uh, well it's been two years since you guys released false realities but uh, probably probably exactly two years right yeah yeah it was it was april (laughs) i mean like the timing was terrible like yeah like and i couldn't push it back because we had done pre-orders um, and really we didn't know how long lockdown was going to be or anything like, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I had like hundreds of pre-orders. I didn't want to like not mail them out, you know, sure. I had yeah. thousands of people's dollars, you know, like yeah. I didn't want to do them dirty, you know? So, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's like a perfect kind of, I don't want to call it a time capsule, but it's, it's like for, you know, that, that point in time, you know, it's, uh, we've only played two shows. So I still feel like it's like brand new kind of, well, it is, yeah, it is, you know, um, the, uh, the artwork, did you, uh, do the artwork on the cover? I I did it. It was my concepts, but it was actually kind of cool. So, um, I have an older stepbrother who does like advertising commercial art. Um, he's Mm -hmm. about, it's probably like six or eight years older than me. And when we were growing up, we shared a bedroom in a basement as kids, like, and he did art. And I was like this crappy little punk kid, probably drove him insane, you know? And um, so it was kind of neat to work with him. He's kind of into like indie rock and stuff like that a little bit, like mm-hmm. not, doesn't really know a ton about hardcore punk, but um, so it was really, really cool to work with him. Cause he kind of was like, I'll help you out. I'll, I'll design the record. So he did, all the artwork and layout and everything like that. So it's kind of neat to work together with a family member on that level. Like it's kind of, kind of cool. I don't know. Just, I wouldn't have expected it, you know? So is each symbol representative of something on the album? Yeah. Yeah. Each symbol is like a song basically. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's really creative. It is. (laughs) And you know what I mean? Like, conveys the the meaning of the song right on the cover. yeah that's really i was gonna do an instagram series kind of like like s- try to like 
narrow it down, but just kind of describing why and what yeah. I just, I've been dragging my feet as with everything in life. <laughs> you should, you, know? you yeah. should, uh, you should do it on video and like put the symbol or whatever. Yeah. A little yeah, 30 cool. second explanation or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, that's a really cool idea because I don't know. I was like, it, it just hit me one day. Like I was like, I wonder what all these symbols mean. And right, then I was like, yeah. I have 10 symbols, 10 songs. And then I started looking at, I was like, I wonder if that matches that. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's supposed to kind of look like and it's, you know, very vague and stuff, but it's supposed to look kind of like um, like cave art. Like I was going like, to say that because you're cavemen. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of <laughs> like and the colors are kind of like flames, like if you were in a cave and you had a fire yeah. or like uh, and it's like drawings on a wall, like they're they're meant to look kind of crude. I always kind of wanted yeah. to have like some kind of symbols like that maybe somebody would get tattooed on them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, if, like sure. a song stood out to them. They're like, oh, man, I get that on me. I, I always thought that'd be kind of cool. Like, yeah. And you're the human animal living in the cave, <laughs> scratching, <laughs> scratching the symbols into the rock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Eating raw meat. And <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. How about it? All right, man. Well, um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up here. Um, where can people find you? Um, we're on Instagram, like human animal, eight, one, four, um, spotify uh so we could get those like three cent checks uh from every you know all those <laughs> killer royalties uh Bandcamp yeah. is good um or and and our the human animal web store humananimal814.com is that's all us like we ship everything ourselves so that really helps out a ton if you order the records straight from us um or merch or anything like that uh so we're this about band to drop is DIY as fuck. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> my, my basement is like a giant packing zone of cardboard and packing tape. And, you know, Hey man, and gets the job we just, done. uh, we repressed the record on two new colors. So that'll be coming out real soon. I did a, a five inch lathe cut of the disciple song, uh, like a picture disc and that should be coming out really soon too. And then, Hopefully we'll be dropping the Brothers Keeper cover really soon, as soon as we get the, the artwork done for it. So, so you have Two Faced, and then what Brothers Keeper song? We did Hardcore Song, which is kind of not a very popular song for Brothers Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, that was just Bob really wanted to do that one and kind of revisit it since, like I said, him and I kind of wrote it. Mm -hmm. Um back in 97 before he exited the band and we recorded it in like this guy's garage and it was on like a comp. Uh, I was just like on a compilation and the recording's really rough. And um, so we just kind of wanted to redo it, you know, like do the 2022 version of it. And I'm really excited with the way it came out. So yeah, I'm it definitely wasn't the, that. wasn't the most popular BK song, but yeah, it's what we wanted to do. So. <laughs> That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. All right, so uh, Human Animal, at Human Animal 814. Yep. You definitely know where to check them out. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on here, buddy. Oh, this was awesome, man. I love it. Thanks for shooting the shit.